We did a survey recently in our series, The Real Me, and we asked a question. That question was, what is one of the biggest struggles that you face in your life? Today's the last message in that series. We're finishing that up this morning. And as we, we, we got the answers to those surveys, so many answers that came back were related to this. Fear, worry, questions, or I think in general, uncertainty. And I began to think about that this week. How many times in my own life have I faced uncertainty? I remember just like some of the young people here being in junior high and senior high and, and to some extent even in college asking myself, do I have what it takes? Can I measure up with everybody else? Will I be accepted by other people? When my parents got divorced at the beginning of college, it was the most earth-shattering, foundation-blasting thing ever in my life. When the most bottom-dollar area of your life, your family, falls apart, everything comes under question, doesn't it? When I began ministry at 17 years of age, when we got married and we began to have kids especially, I remember thinking, how do you do this? Amen? How, how do you be an adult? Amen, anybody? <laughs> how do you grow up? How do you manage a budget? How do you, how do you take care of a house? How do you uh, lead your kids? How do you teach them rightly? We moved to New York with nothing except dreams in our, in our heart and in our head. At times in our marriage when the months have seemed longer than the paychecks. Does that relate to anybody? When challenges have hit our extended family, as our kids are growing up, as I do ministry in people's lives every day, you get the picture, don't you? I have faced a lot of uncertainty in my life, and I think that probably echoes a lot of what you guys shared as we ask you. What is, what is one of the biggest struggles that you face? I'm uncertain. There's a lot of questions that I have. Well, today, I'm happy to share something that I found many years ago. God began to speak to me about a secret to life. And it first started when I was just received, when I received Christ as my Savior, just before I became a teenager. God began to speak to me about this. And then as I began to enter into college and as we got married, God began to just emphasize this even more because I began to wonder, how can a person live this life with any kind of certainty? I mean, I was just a young person looking ahead and seeing that, you know what? There were a lot of people that weren't making it very well. Amen? There are a lot of lives that seem to be toppling all around. I said, good grief. I mean, you know what? It seems like it's inevitable that you just aren't going to make it. I mean, it's either going to be a year or five years or 25 years, and then your life's just going to fall apart. How can you know? Not that you're perfect, but how can you know that that you're starting your life on the right path and that you're going to make it? That at the end of the day, through all the storms of life, and certainly they come, don't they? It doesn't matter who we are. Through all those storms, how could you know that you could be standing on a solid foundation? Well, today, that's a question that it seems that many of us have. And that's why I want to share this final message in this series, The Real Me. Many of you told us, I am uncertain. I have fears. I have questions. I have worry in my life. And so we're going to turn to the book of 1 Peter. And we're going to read uh, two verses in that passage that I believe kind of speaks to this this morning. Now, before we read those verses, I want to kind of give you a little bit of a backdrop of what 1 Peter is all about. This book was written to Christians in the first century who were scattered 
over a large area. If you go back and look at an ancient map, the area that they were scattered in was a place called Asia Minor. Now, kids, if you go back and you look this up in your uh, geography books now, if you look at your maps, it would actually be modern-day Turkey. So you just find Turkey, and that's where Peter was writing to. And these Christians who were living in that region, they had a common problem. They were having just a little bit of trouble living for God in an ungodly world. That's a novel idea, isn't it? I've never struggled with that, have you? (laughs) And God led the Apostle Peter to write a letter to them to say, Listen, God wants to bring you some encouragement. Yes, you're going to have trials. Yes, you're going to have struggles, but there is hope in God. You can have uh, confidence today that you are on the right path, on the solid path that God has given us for our lives. And that's why I believe today that God would have us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 and focus on verses 24 and 25. Let me just read those verses, and then we're going to talk about them a little bit here this morning. Peter says in verse 24, he says, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever and this is the word which was preached to you again i believe that these words that god gave to peter are words that god would use to speak to so many of us who if i could just put it in a nutshell have some question marks hanging over our head this morning and the first thing i want us to talk about this morning is in verse 24 you know what the bible seems to affirm we're uncertain about some things the bible seems to affirm i should be I should be uncertain about some things. Did you notice what it said in verse 24? He says, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. Now, when he says all flesh, he's just talking about, he's he's basically saying all skin and bones. What's he talking about? All flesh, all who? All people. He's just using imagery to talk about people. Every person is like grass. And actually, this can be translated like a little small sprout a green sprout, and that's probably better here because he's talking about flowers. He says, all people are like little green sprouts. Little green sprouts are very fragile, aren't they? They're very susceptible to the heat of the day. So what he's painting here for us is a picture of the fact that in general, we as human beings are very weak. We're very fragile. We're very susceptible to withering away, especially when the heat gets turned up. Isn't that true? Now, somebody says, well, wait a second, Pastor Robbie. I, I'm not like everybody else. You guys might be weak, but I'm stronger. I, I, I pull myself up by my boots. I'm committed. I've done something with my life. Okay, he was ready for you. He says, all flesh is weak. But he says, and all its glory, like the flower of the grass, the grass withers and the flower falls off. Now, what he's talking about here, he says, he says, He says, all flesh is weak. All of us are very weak and susceptible and and, and uncertain in our lives and even at our best. And and, and the reason we know that is because this verse um, is a verse that God used in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. In fact, in some of your Bibles, it kind of has it set apart in a special way. It's showing it as a quote from the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, this very verse was given. It was given in a different context that I'll talk to you about here in just a minute. But Peter says, all its glory, all the, all the glory of man's like the flower of grass. Now, what Peter does, he translates that Old Testament passage. He uses the Greek word. Uh, in, let me just give you a little bit of background here. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. 
All right. But about 100 to 200 B.C., it was translated into the Greek language. We call that the Septuagint. So Peter takes the translation from the Septuagint and he uses that word glory there. He says all flesh is like grass in all of its glory. What does that give the idea of? All man is weak and all of us at our best are still weak. Even when I'm the strongest, when I'm the most healthy, when I'm at the top of my class, when I'm number one in my field, when I'm the fastest in the world, that is still not very reliable, is it? It can change at any moment. Isn't that true? I mean, how many people today have lost their jobs in one day? I mean, I was at the top. I mean, I was on a path. And are you kidding me? It's over. We look at athletes. I mean, athletes that have spent their lives training and preparing and working for this career. And then all of a sudden, one twitch in the wrong direction, their knee turns. And guess what? It is over. The Bible says all flesh is very weak in all of our glory when we're at our best. Now, if you, if you look at the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that was used there was just a slightly different nuance. The word that was used there was the word kesed. And it's a very important word in the Old Testament. That word refers to the unfailing, steadfast faithfulness of God to us. But it's used in, uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 40 to refer to man and our steadfast faithfulness. So let's, let's look at it in a slightly different nuance. What he's saying is, when I am the most reliable, when I am the most dependable of all people, I'm still what? Like a flower. My reliability is very fragile. Amen? How many of us have found out that people let us down, don't they? People don't come through. Even at our best, that is very short-lived. So no matter how that's translated or interpreted, the basic idea that God's given across there is that at our best, we are very unreliable. And so listen, here's the point that God, I believe, is trying to get across. If we are depending upon ourselves, we should be worried. Amen? <laughs> we, we should. We're not very strong. Even at our best, we come apart. There's no wonder then that if I am living my life trusting in me or trusting in someone else to come through for me, I'm feeling a little bit uneasy about that. I'm a little bit nervous. Amen? We're worried. We have questions. We're afraid. And I believe God just affirms to us, listen, we should feel uncertain if we are depending upon ourselves or someone else to come through for us. But then Peter shares with him what I began to realize in my life how we can find certainty in our lives. We can have certainty. Isn't that good news today? Even though life is so unsettled, even though there's a lot of things, and you know what, Even isn't it, it's, it's just slightly depressing that everybody eventually is going to let you down. Isn't that slightly depressing to you? I'd like to think that somebody, I could always trust, but that's not reality. Even the best of us. But isn't it cool to know that even though our lives are filled, are filled with uncertainty, it is possible. What, what if I just came in here today and said, I know you guys are a little bit nervous, a little uneasy. There's some things you don't know about in life. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I don't have anything to give you. Wouldn't that be depressing? Thank God it is possible to have assurance in life. What does Peter say? He says, listen, if you're dependent upon yourselves, man, that's kind of, you ought to be uneasy. But he says, but the word of the Lord 
endures forever. That's kind of a long time, isn't it? Forever and ever. Peter says, if you want to build your life on a foundation that will last, don't try to do it yourself. Build it upon the word of God. Now, and some people say, oh, yeah, brother. Oh, amen. Oh, the word of God. That's what I'm building my life. This is not just a concept, okay? This is not just an idea. Oh, yeah, I agree with that idea. That's the, that's the disconnect that many people have in a relationship with God. We think it's all cerebral. We think it's all in our heads. It's not just in our heads. It needs to come out, lived out through our lives. And why is it so important to build our lives on the Word of God? Because the Bible says it stands forever. The Bible, God's message, His Word to us, through the ups, through the downs, through the thick, through the thin, through the good, through the bad. The word of the Lord does not change. I'm so glad there are people that I know right now that I knew very differently 10 years ago or 20 years ago. They've changed. I've changed. But Jesus has never changed. He remains consistent. He's the same yesterday, today. Isn't that encouraging this morning? And his message to us stands One of the most powerful verses to me, and this goes back to the video that we just watched just a moment ago. These are really the verses as a young man that God began to speak to me about, about building my, what was I going to build my life? As I looked ahead at my life, what was the choice I was going to make about what direction me and my family were going to take? And I remember reading Matthew 7, verse 24. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, Isn't that what I said a while ago? It's not enough just to hear it, not enough just to kind of in your mind accept it, but the Bible says everyone who hears these words of mine and lives it out, lets God live it out in your life, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I remember reading those words as a young man and saying, that's what I want. That's what I need. I need a rock. Amen. There, I've seen so many foundations don't last in this world. God, is there one you can, you can start building now and you won't think later, uh-oh, I shouldn't have built right here. The Bible says everyone who hears God's word and acts upon it can be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now listen to this. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Friend, let me tell you something. Just because you choose to follow God doesn't mean that your life is going to be free from worry. The Bible says, you know, that all of us face difficulty and challenge in this world. And you're going to see here in just a minute, no matter whether we respond to God or whether we don't, we all are going to get slammed at some point in life. The storms are going to beat against the walls of your household. Listen to this. Oh, I just remember hearing these words as a young man. And yet, it did not fall. Are you serious? It is possible to live my life in such a way that I can have confidence that we're going to make it. For it had been founded on the rock. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The same rain fell, same floods came, the wind blew and slammed against that house. And I've always thought these are some of the saddest words in God's word. And it fell, and great was its fall. 
No matter what storms come against your life, the Bible says if your life is built upon the rock of Christ Jesus and his word, you are going to make it. I can promise you that today. I don't know what's going to happen in your life, but if you make a choice to follow God and to walk in his ways, I can promise you at the end of the day, you are going to be standing. Isn't that good news? You can't go anywhere else in life for that guarantee. How much would people pay to have that guarantee? Isn't that incredible? In Isaiah chapter 40, the passage that uh, 1 Peter was quoting, it was actually written to the Jewish people. And God was saying to the Jewish people, listen, he was actually predicting, and it came true. They were about to go through one of the most difficult periods in the history of their nation. God said, listen, you're about to go through a difficult period, but listen, you can't trust in man. Don't trust man. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust others. Don't trust other nations. But if you will trust in me, the other side of this hardship you will be standing. They could trust him because his word is secure. So I want to give you a few things. If you want to live your life with confidence, I want to give you three things. First of all, what we're talking about here, you've got to decide to build your life upon God's word. If there is one thing I can encourage you to do in life, it is to get to know God through his word. Listen to me. Get to know God through his word, and whatever he says to you, just do it. If you do that, your life will be blessed. In fact, there's a lot of young people in this room today, I would just say to you, I dare you. I dare you just to say, okay, God, I'm going to get a little crazy here. I've never really seen anybody really be serious about walking with you, but I'm just going to be serious. I'm going to read the Bible. Whatever your word instructs me to do, that is what I'm going to do. I can promise you the Bible says your life will stand. Isn't that incredible? In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20, uh, Moses was speaking to the children of Israel. Actually, Deuteronomy, actually that word Deuteronomos, that means the second giving of the law, okay? What had happened was, is the children of Israel, God had told them, I want to lead you into the promised land. But like so many of us, they didn't trust him or they didn't believe him and, and they didn't walk in his ways. And so God said, okay, if you don't want to have my blessing for your life, all right, you can stay in the wilderness. So for 40 years, the children of Israel just wandered around, just kind of, frittering away their life. They never accomplished anything, and they died in the wilderness. So then they had kids, and after the kids grew up, grew up, God gives a second chance. God's the God of second chances, isn't he? He gives the second giving of the law. He says, okay, I'm going to repeat it to you guys because your parents are too hard-headed. I'm going to repeat it to you guys. I'm going to give you a chance. And this is what God says to them. He says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, See, I have set before you today. Oh, my goodness. Listen to these words. Friend, you've been living your life for all these years and God maybe just wants to bring it down just right to the, right, just right to the bottom right now. God says, listen, you've got a choice in life. I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. You've got a choice in life. And the Bible says it's not that God leads us, that God punishes us with with problems in our life. The Bible says if, if God never did anything, we would have had the death and adversity thing. But he gives us a choice. You don't have to go that route. You don't have to go through hurt, through pain, through separation from me. You can have life and blessing. He says, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live. 
God wants to give us life and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land you're entering to possess it. He says, but if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you an incredible opportunity. I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life. Amen? Choose life. God wants to give you life. He wants to give you a quality of life and a quantity of life called eternal life. The quality of life is that eternal life, John 5, 24 says, the eternal life starts right now. Isn't that incredible? I have to wait till I die. When I receive Christ as my Savior, the Spirit of God comes to live in my heart. Eternal life, my life, the quality of my life changes. But the quantity changes too. It's going to last forever and ever in a place called heaven with God. Guys, see, I've set before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. Now, I've got to give us a little bit of a caution as I talk about this, building your life on God's Word. Here, there's a couple of uh, directions that people take with this sometimes that get them off track. Some people will do it for a little while, or some people will follow it mostly, but that's not how it works, is it? God says, I want you to just trust me and just walk in my ways. But you've got to decide, God, even if I don't understand it, even if sometimes I don't like it. Isn't that true? Sometimes I don't like what God tells me to do. How many kids always like what your parents tell them to do? No, no testimonies, all right? We don't get anybody in trouble. Okay? But hopefully in the case of your parents, and certainly in the case of God, they've got your best interest in mind, right? Am I willing to trust God that His ways are right? So that's the secret, I believe, of having confidence and certainty in your life. But I want to bring up two other things that God's Word talks about that will make a huge difference in giving you confidence. The first is to build your life upon God's Word. The second is to put your trust in Jesus Christ. As you read God's Word, because we said that, that, that's the first thing I would encourage you to do is read God's Word and see the direction that it gives you for your life. You're not going to read very far before you figure out Jesus is the point. He's, he's, he's the, the climax. He's the, he's the fulfillment. Everything that God wants to say to us has been fulfilled through Christ. Jesus came to, to live a perfect life and to die upon the cross for our sins, to give us the opportunity to be forgiven for all the things that we've done wrong. Because as much as I try, I can't wash my sin off. How about you? I can't get it off. But Jesus Christ... He came, God came as a man. He died on the cross to take those sins for us. And the Bible says if I put my trust in him, I can have my sins forgiven and I can have that thing I was describing a while ago called eternal life. And the Bible says, listen, 1 John five thirteen. these things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know, sounds like certainty, doesn't it? That you may know that you have everlasting life, eternal life. Friend, today, I believe the reason many of us are uncertain, we're nervous, we're uneasy, is because we're not sure where we stand with God. You listen to me? I know your finances are important. I know your marriage relationship's important. I know whether you're going to have a job next week or not is important. And God cares about all those things. But His number one priority for you is, are you right with me? 
Have we had things settled between us? Do you have a relationship with me? And once you have that, that's the beginning of God giving you confidence in those other areas of your life. Because there's nothing like knowing, no matter what happens today, if I die right this very moment and I stand before God, that he's going to recognize me as his son because of Jesus. There's nothing like that. I remember when God first began to speak to me about receiving Christ as my Savior, I, 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 I began just being nervous about, wow, you know, I don't know where I stand with God. And then when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I've never worried about that anymore since. I know me and God. I'm his child. I'm his son. No matter what else is messed up in my life, I know he is in my life. Third thing is this, though. The Bible says that we should build our life upon God's word, that we should put our trust in Jesus. But the third thing is that we need to cultivate an intimate daily relationship with him. Okay, we're talking about confidence, right? Okay, the reason many of us don't have assurance or certainty or confidence in our lives is because we're not sure how to live our lives. So what do we say? Turn to the word of God, right? The reason many of us are uncertain right now is because we're not sure where we stand with God. Okay, turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Some of us have turned our life over to Christ. We've received his gift of salvation. But the reason we're kind of shaky or uneasy or or don't feel like we're on solid ground is because we're not walking closely with him. Now, thank God that once we receive Christ as our Savior, that, that, uh, that condition is set forever. Amen? When I accept Christ as my Savior, I don't have to worry about, is he going to kick me out or am I good enough today? Thank God. His word teaches it's not based on what I've done. It's based on what he's done. But listen. But when I'm not walking as closely to him, that still causes me to have some worry, concern. And let me let me describe what I mean by that. When I wake up in the morning, I seek every day to spend time with the Lord. If I do not spend time with the Lord, I am nervous. I, I am. I do not know how to live. <laughs> you might, but I don't. I don't know I don't know how to act. I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know how to be a good neighbor. I don't know how to spend my who knows? Amen. I need for God to say to me, Good morning, Robbie. I'm still with you. And by the way, I wasn't sleeping while you were. I was working. Oh, glad to know that, God. You were keeping the world spinning. Thanks. All right, I'm waking up today. You've been keeping the world spinning. I got some things to partner with you in in that. So I'm gonna live my life today. But God, I don't want to just walk through life. I don't know how to live. God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to show me what you want me to do today. And that gives me what? Confidence. I, I, I know I've met with God. I know he's working in my heart. I, I, know, I don't have it all wrapped up nice and tidy. And I know exactly. You know, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I've heard from the Lord. He's spoken to my heart. He's dealt with sin in my life. I feel prepared for the day. Amen. And it keeps me from feeling so nervous about what about this or what if this happens? Some of us, we know that we need to understand God's ways and maybe you're growing in your understanding of God's ways. We know that we need to accept Christ our Savior. Maybe you've made that decision, but there's just a real practical aspect of you're not keeping a close, intimate uh, connection with him. And as a result of that, it's making you feel very nervous. And it should. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. Amen? Isn't that true? 
I'm a lot more stable when I'm focusing on the Lord. Isn't that true? In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, another great verse. It's a couple of verses. It says, be anxious, be overly concerned about nothing. Now, the Bible doesn't say we should never pay attention to our lives. Okay, that's not what it's saying. But it's saying I shouldn't be like afraid or worried or nervous or anything like that. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you're nervous, if you're worried, if you're concerned today, my first question would be, have you talked to God about it? Because that's the first thing he says to me when I start complaining. Robbie, have you talked to me about it? That's what he said to do in his word. Listen to what can happen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever experienced that before? (laughs) Sometimes... I'm worried because I'm not worrying. I think I should be worried, but I'm not. I'm not worried. Because you know what? I mean, I'm on it. I'm engaged. I'm paying attention. I'm working on the problem. But I ain't going to worry about it because ultimately I'm not in control. And this supernatural piece of, you know what? It doesn't matter ultimately what happens in my life. I'm standing on Christ. Amen? That means everything. I believe those are really the three key things that God would say to you this morning if you're struggling with what we're talking about. Turn to the Lord for the answers that you're looking for. And one of the most critical, the most critical answer in your life is have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you put your trust in Him? And then after you've done that, are you seeking to move forward in your life walking closely with Him? There's no reason to be a worrier. God says He's not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Why should I be afraid if God is with me? That's what the Bible teaches. Now, before we wrap this up, I want, us to, make, I want to make us aware of one more thing. <laughs> this might kind of throw you off, but i got to share with you, some uncertainty is actually okay. And what I mean by that? When we're talking about confidence... When we're talk- and you've got to be careful because Christians, we can mess things up, okay? We go on a good track, and next thing you know, we took it in a bad direction, all right? When I say confidence, when I, when I say assurance, when I say certainty, I don't mean arrogance or pride or thinking we got it all wrapped up and easy to explain, amen? Hey, I'm not God. I don't see everything. I don't know everything. My certainty does not come from having all the answers, my certainty comes from knowing Him. Amen? In fact, you need to know that the Christian walk is a walk of faith. The Bible says in Romans 1, verse 17, but my righteous one shall live by faith. It's repeated several times in the Bible, that very phrase. The righteous shall live, shall walk by faith. If you are going to be a godly person, listen, it makes us uneasy, but you need to know you're going to have to trust God. That, by very definition, means I don't know everything, right? There's a lot of things I don't have the answers for, but I am choosing to trust God. Romans chapter 14, verse 23 says, whatever is not, when we're living our life, whatever is not of faith is sin. Wow. I mean, a lot of us think, you know what? You know, I believe in God, and, you know, I try to do, you know, what He wants, and, 
And, and I, I try to walk by faith. I mean, that's a good thing. No, that's not a good thing. That's the only thing. <laughs> Romans 14 says, my life should be a life. Uh, that it, should just, it, just, it should just say he's trusting God. But that's not like a super duper Christian. Like, you know, you get the, you know, you got kind of the deluxe and then you got sort of. It sounds like the Christian life is a life of faith. I don't know everything. Hey, I don't even need to know everything. Now, wait a second. I'm not saying we're non-intellectual or we don't study or we don't work hard. That's not what I'm saying. But I can tell you, working hard and studying hard, there's still a lot of things you don't know. And at some point, I just say, God, I trust in you. We don't treat God as a vending machine just to get all of our answers. He is worthy of knowing and sharing and honoring with our lives. And even though you don't have all the answers, you can have great confidence. You can have confidence because he's given you a lot of answers. Isn't that exciting? Some of you have learned over the last few years, there are answers that you thought you'd never find. And God has given them to you. Isn't he good? But then we've also learned there's a lot of things I just don't know right now. Or I may never know in this life. But I'm okay with that. From what I've seen, I can trust him. That's all I need. I want to close today by asking you to consider these questions. First of all, are you looking to God and his word for the basis upon which you're building your life? I know there are a lot of options in life. You know what I think many of us do? We spend our lives testing the options. But if you just kind of ask around, I haven't seen another one that works. Amen? I mean, there's just not a lot working. But God's word, it does work. It's true. Friend today, I want to ask you, are you staking your life upon God and his word? If the answer is no, then you should be uncertain today. You should be concerned about that because I don't have any promise to make you unless you're standing on that. If you are turning to his word, you're going to find out pretty quick. One of the very first things that needs to happen in your life is you need to enter into a personal relationship with God. His word will only work in your life fully and effectively if you are in relationship with him. And so if you've never had your sins forgiven by Jesus Christ, that's your very first step. Go no further. That is the starting point. Today, have you accepted Christ? Do you know 100%, not because of how good you are, but because of what Christ promises you, do you know without a doubt that if you walked out of this room and God forbid something happened in your life, do you know for certain, not 97%, not 98.5%, 100% that you are secure in God through Christ? If you don't, why don't you just do that right now? Why don't you just say, Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me. Please wash my sins away and be my Savior. Help me to start a relationship with you. If you are a child of God, can I ask you, are you staying in close relationship with the Lord? If you're not, that's some of the reason that you feel so things don't feel right. God created you to walk with him daily. Isn't that awesome? I mean, he is intimate. He wants to be intimate with us. Isn't that awesome? He doesn't want you to feel good without him because he knows that's dangerous for your life. 
So would you just say to him, like I do so many times, I mean, are you, are you guys like me? I can just be rolling along. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'm rocking and rolling, man. I'm walking with the Lord. And then sometimes I'm kind of a dud. But usually I don't even realize it when I'm a dud. And also I'll be in a service like this or I'll be listening to somebody on the radio or I'll just be spending some time with the Lord. And all of a sudden God just shows me where I really am. And I go, whoa, thank you, Lord. I want to go back. I got too far away. If you're a child of his today, I pray that you'd be nervous about getting too far away from him in your life. Would you let the Lord speak to you today? He's trying to give you some answers. Are you just going to go away saying, okay, that was, you know, okay. Just a little FYI. Thanks. Okay, God, appreciate it. And you're just going to keep on doing your own thing. You have that choice. God says, I set before you a choice. You can have life or you can have death. You can have the hurt in your life that so many people are experiencing. I don't want you to have this one. I'm I'm giving you the offer today. Are you going to choose life? Let's bow before him for just a moment as we kind of close out the service. Just to let you know, if you're a guest here today, at the end of our service, we're not going to do anything to embarrass anybody, put anybody on the spot, but we just give an opportunity for people to think about Maybe what God said to your heart today. It's called an invitation. It's not from me. It's not from our church. It's from God. Isn't that what God said? He says, make the right choice. Deuteronomy 30. God wants you to make a choice today to trust him. Whatever he's spoken to you about. Maybe you're that person that needs to receive Christ as your Savior. Would you just say, yes, Lord, I I accept you. I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and be my Savior.